Welcome to a bonus episode of the Encourage podcast. We love sharing new books with you. And today, Encourage Community Manager Becky Keefe talks with one of our favorite authors. Listen as they have a conversation that's sure to encourage your heart, and you'll learn more about a book we love. Hello, Encourage family. It's Becky Keefe, and you guys know I love bringing you good books and good people, and today we get to do both again. Um, I'm here with a special guest, Ryan Beck, and he is um, the co-founder um, of Pray.com, and Pray.com and Dayspring have partnered together um, to create a beautiful new resource, um, a beautiful devotional that we are going to tell you guys all about, but uh, Ryan, welcome to the Encourage podcast. Becky, thanks for having me. It's great to be on. Um, and this is fun too, because Encourage is a ministry by women for women. So we don't often get a male voice, but um, this 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 will be fun. So Ryan, this is the first time that you and I are meeting. Um, so I just would love to hear just a little bit about who you are and then tell us a little bit about Pray.com and how this um, this ministry came about. Yeah, I'd love to. Um, thanks for the the opportunity to speak to your audience. I, I did read the, you know, I did listen to some podcasts, read the description. And it's like, oh, this is um, this is interesting because here I am coming on to a podcast geared towards uh, women not being a woman. But what I will say is, my story is actually not um, not a triumph of of me, but it's actually a, a story about strong women who have helped raise me along the way and who have mm. really been a significant part of making who I am as well as Jesus's impact and guidance in my life. And so I'll, call, uh, I'll start off at the beginning, but I'll, I'll speed it up. And so I was raised by a single mom, a, a very strong, hardworking woman raised by a hardworking family. Her dad was a prisoner of war. And, um, wow. and he just had an incredible work ethic. Uh, her, her mom had incredible work ethic, raised seven kids, uh, while the dad was, uh, at work providing, she was raising seven kids. I don't know how she did it. Impressive. And they came from a very low income area, uh, in South LA and they didn't have a lot of means. The house she was raised in after her, after my grandparents died, it was condemned because it was a shack. So my mom wow. did not come from means, but she was a single mom and she knew that if she was going to, if she could give me anything, it was just simply opportunity. And so when I was about five years old, she had an opportunity to move from South LA to uh, North LA slash Ventura County, a place called Thousand Oaks, California. If you're not familiar with the area, uh, Thousand Oaks is known for being in the top five safest cities for the past decade. It is a great place to raise a kid. And she found an opportunity. It was not easy because the, the wages, uh, she was making minimum wage and the cost of raising a kid was, was much higher. But she figured it out, renting rooms, food stamps, whatever she had to do so that she could give me an opportunity. And she did. Uh, I got to attend some of the world, uh, world's best schools. Uh, and um, unfortunately, I, as a kid, I did not truly appreciate that, all of the hard work that my, my mom did. Um, when I was in junior high, 
I no longer had after school care provided by the the state. The state would subsidize that up until a certain age group. Now I'm I'm in middle school and my mom's out working hard and I'm home alone and I live in a low income area. And one unfortunate circumstance is that uh, of that is all the boys in that area, all the kids, um, they're most of their parents, it's broken families and they're single moms trying to raise kids. And so what do we do? What did the, the boys do in the neighborhood who are unsupervised during the day? We do stupid stuff. We get into trouble and eventually leads to, to drugs and gangs. And so I ended up actually um, uh, in high school, uh, I ended up getting arrested uh, for sales and transportation of narcotics. It was a, when you, if you would have met me, you would have thought, oh, I'm a nice kid. But the circumstances that my friends and I was, it wasn't like my friends were bad influences or just all bad influences on each other because we didn't know what to do. Um, and I ended up getting in trouble when I was in high school, uh, ended up in jail and Fortunately, even though I didn't have a, a father in that bringing, I had a great mom who was doing the best she could. My my grandma started praying for me very aggressively. She would take flowers down to the her church every day and place them on the altar and say a prayer for me. So in comes wow. this second woman in my life who's praying behind the scenes. My mom's praying for me. We weren't particularly religious, but my grandma, uh, she started going to church later in her life. Uh, more often. And so those prayers paid off because instead of being surrounded by a bunch of convicts who only wanted to teach this 18-year-old how to do more crime and better, supposedly, they actually were like, what are you doing? You have a good head on your shoulders and you have the rest of your life ahead of you. Do you want to end up like us? Do you want to end up a big shot in the pen or a big shot on the golf course, which is what someone presented to, uh, to wow. me and it it shook me i had to take a step back because i wasn't particularly disturbed about my direction i thought everything was going fine i was going to be a tough guy when i got out but that that statement that proposition made me pause and i saw the absurdity of the path that i was taking i don't like golf but i got the point being a big shot behind bars that's no life Unfortunately, other people in there, um, they were giving me scriptures to read, challenging me, uh, helping me rethink my life's direction. I remember one night I was uh, in my jail cell and said, God, if Jesus is the one I'm supposed to follow, help me believe. I have a hard heart. I don't believe him. I don't believe that Jesus is the one I'm supposed to follow. But if he is, soften my heart. Those were my words. I was not Christian, uh, but those were Christian words and I used those. I woke up the next morning with this profound confidence. I can't explain it. I didn't say a sinner's prayer. I didn't do anything. I just had a profound confidence that Jesus was the one I was supposed to follow. That was the beginning of a new life for me. And uh, two, three, four weeks after that, I got released and God started putting other people in my life, friends from high school and uh, friends from similar circumstances that also uh, found Jesus. And I started attending the church. And this, my neighbor who was my mom's age, she, another faithful woman in my life, saw all the things that I was doing, saw the cops raid the house. I was not someone you want to necessarily talk to. I was like this big, scary guy. I'm 5'7", 150 pounds. I'm not a huge, scary-looking dude. But uh, she was a little hesitant to approach me, and she did, and she invited me to church. 
And I said, I'll go, I'll go. Um, and so I attended that church, Calvary Chapel Thousand Hopes, with Pastor Rob McCoy. And while I was attending there and serving, I got an opportunity to go to Bible college. And I got a chance to lay the found- a new foundation, foundation built on faith, built on Jesus, and built on love. And so I did that, worked for the ministry for a couple of years, um, and uh, decided that I'm not necessarily called to be a pastor. But I love the church. I love my faith, and I want to invest in that. I went and finished my degree in computer science and philosophy. Um, my wife yeah, very much appreciates the fact that I'm not a philosopher uh, or a barista, <laughs> and that I am putting the computer science degree uh, to good use. And um, I had a chance during the, after I finished college to work with a company called Mission India, where I got to connect tech and purpose. And I got to do mm. these things for these companies that were very basic, you know, just applying my, my computer science skills to help them more efficiently run their business in a digital age. And so I got to experience what it's like to do something very practical, but very impactful in people's everyday life. Mission India was doing some incredible work, still does, um, in India, but also the greater Asia area. And so um, I did that. And then after uh, just over two years, almost three years working with them, I ran into an old childhood friend uh, from junior high and high school, Steve Gatina, the CEO and my uh, business partner and co-founder at Pray.com. And he was going through a transition in his life where something tragic happened to him and brought him closer to his faith. Um, Steve Gatina, yeah, we, we, we played sports in middle school together. Um, he... Uh, in high school, though, he went kind of the all-American route. You know, he's a big dude, 6'5", 300 pounds. He went and played USC football under Pete Carroll. Um, I went the Amer- America's Most Wanted route, so we kind of diverged <laughs> in high school. Um, but but God brought us back. Uh, and that's what uh, started uh, our conversations around Pray.com with Mike and Matt, the other co-founders. And so that was in 2016. And what God brought us together to do was to help people grow faith and cultivate community in a digital destination for faith. And so what we do is we provide inspirational and encouraging content in the faith vertical. So Christian content that helps you grow your faith. So whether it's uh, reading the Bible with James Earl Jones, or as we'll talk about, falling asleep to the word of God with sleep psalms. So we love to just bring an educational but also an entertaining aspect to mm-hmm. the scriptures and to help people really embrace their faith and grow deeper in love with Jesus. And so that's that's what we do at Pray. Um, and that's a little of my background, how I came to Pray. Um, I said I'd keep it short. I did not keep it short. My apologies. No, that's such a good story, Ryan. That's such a good story. And so many um, things just you know pop out at me. I mean, from... I was raised by um, a single mom too. And now I'm the mother of three sons. And so just like to see the influence that women can have, do have. And I'm sure, and it looks like just ordinary faithfulness, right? Like the fact that like your neighbor prompted by the Holy Spirit was probably thinking, this kid is not going to want to talk to me. This kid is not going to want to go to church. And yet to have that, that boldness, that confidence to be like, okay, God, like, Whatever you say, like, I will do it. And that one invitation 
was one of like the arrows on your journey, like pointing you deeper um, into faith. And I, I love the way you said that your that your grandma aggressively prayed for you. <laughs> right? Like we can aggressively pray yeah. for the people that we feel like have that hard heart and it doesn't look like there's a whole lot of hope. But but God hears our prayers. Yeah. yeah. And it, it was because of those faithful prayers. I mean, even in starting pray, that was the first thing my wife and I did. We prayed together. Um, because we knew that it would be quite the journey on uh, starting mm-hmm. a company, uh, is uh, no easy endeavor and it requires sacrifices, not just from, from myself, who's doing the day-to-day work, but also sacrifices for, for her when you build the startup. Um, I mean, we're, we're a for-profit venture back startup. We have some of the best, biggest venture capitalists backing this because they see the impact that it could have in people's lives. Um, sometimes they like to give back rather than just, uh, you know, make money, right? Yeah. And so they, they see that as an opportunity. And the sacrifice and the prayers that are required from from everyone involved in these endeavors has just been a central part of my whole life. And so, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And I, you know, I call in the, in, in the introduction, you know, I said Pray.com was a ministry Yes, and I recognize it's it's a it's a business similar to to Dayspring. Like business is the method, but ministry is the heart. It's it's the mission, right? To to provide tools and resources that point people to the love of God and help us live from His love every day. So, um, yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan, I love that. So I want I want to get quickly to sleep psalms. But before I do that, I just want to give you an opportunity. If someone's like, okay, pray.com.com, it sounds like a website. Is it just a website? How do people, I'm guessing that there is an app, like tell us how, like what does pray.com look like for a user and how many people are part of this? Because you said it's also a community, a way not for only people to receive and, and consume content, but to connect. So talk a little bit about that. Yeah. So pray.com, it's that what we like to say is the digital destination for faith where we help people grow faith and cultivate community. You can go to the website. The best experience is going to be on the mobile applications, whether it's Android or iOS. So you can download in the app store by typing in pray.com. And what you're going to do is you're going to find, um, you're going to be guided through an onboarding process if you haven't downloaded the app, and which will help you identify your kind of prayer experience level and help you grow in that prayer habit. So we'll help you develop a daily prayer habit. We have different mechanisms for doing that. We have something called the dailies. Uh, they're daily prayers and morning, noon, and night. So you can go through that and it's simple. So if that's all you want to do, you just want to establish a morning prayer routine, five mm-hmm. minutes. Cool. If you want it to be 15 minutes, we got you covered there. If you want to do it multiple times, we got you covered there with morning, noon, and night. And if you want to if you want to explore uh deeper takes on the Bible or just go through the Bible in a year. We got it with Jack Graham or James Earl Jones or Darth Vader can read you the Bible. That's that's, that's pretty awesome. impressive, right? That was the first, my first introduction to the Bible on CD. So when we had the opportunity to bring it into the app, uh, I was super excited. I said, we, we have to do James Earl Jones. You guys don't understand. This is, this is James Earl Jones. This is like one of the best audio Bibles you will ever encounter. And so we're super happy to have something like that too. So you you do the technology, like you make these things happen. Um, tell me, tell me your title again. What is your fancy thing uh, that you CTO. do? CTO. So <laughs> CTO. 
chief technology officer. So, so I oversee the product and the uh, the engineer. Okay. So that's like super cool and like way above my pay grade. But what I want to know is like from like from a from a personal standpoint, um, how has how has prayer, how has prayer impacted your life or, you know, or, or your wife or people in your community? Like, um, yeah, like it's great to have technology. It's great to have a business, but like at, at the heart of it, right. It's, it's sure. connecting, connecting our heart to God's. And so any story come to mind about the impact that, that cultivating a habit of prayer has had on you, Ryan? Yeah. And so I think, I mean, the impact is, I would say daily, but, uh, the, the first thing that comes to mind is just the habit of prayer. And so what that does is it creates this stance towards decisions in life where prayer Mm -hmm. is the first thing you go to. It's the tool Mm -hmm. that you use to make decisions, right? Some people um, use meditation. That's great. Prayer is taking it beyond that, right? You're taking it beyond yourself and that interaction with God and then sometimes supplication for others. And so really, I think the biggest lesson for me is developing that daily habit of prayer where when I started praying, I was like, you know, Jeanette, my wife, hey, let's pray together and let's figure out where we're going to, if we want to do this and how we're going to go about it. And then that daily habit of prayer, re reinvesting into that kind of retrospective on life and your relationship with each other and with God. Mm-hmm. Um, and so really it's this, this, impact uh that creating this habit causes in one's life and that's that's just been a testament to mine so um when i think about what we're doing at prayer so you know fancy title and all but practically what i'm doing is um taking those prayer practices that that i developed and that i use and that we all use as christians and how do we help people how do we help people do that in a digital way and one, you can be prayerful about that. So you can get that wisdom. And how do people really interact with this? Because it is totally different than meditation. And so the experience is I can't just copy, you know, a meditation app or something like that. It has to be unique. And so we really want to be prayerful in how we do it so that we can help people be prayerful in their everyday life. And so prayer has just been a, a, a constant in all of that. And from the beginning mm-hmm. of pray uh, and all throughout. Yeah, that's fantastic. I love to remind myself that prayer is not a last resort. It's our best first response. Um, you know, so it can feel like, oh, like I'm going to I'm going to do these things first. I'm going to strategize. I'm going to check off my list. I'm going to consult with someone else, um, you know, but it's like, no, like prayer is like our best first response. It's like the thing that we start our day um, with. So I love that there are these, um, you know, habits that, that pray.com is helping people build to start their day in prayer. Um, and we can also end our day in prayer. And that's where this beautiful new book, um, in partnership with Dayspring, um, comes mm-hmm. into play. And it is called Sleep Psalms, Nightly Moments of Mindfulness and Rest. Um, so this is a book put together by the Pray.com team, and it goes through um, the first 100 Psalms. Um, so Ryan, tell us a little bit about you know, how this book is structured. I know you are, you know, reading it yourself. Um, what can readers expect from sleep Psalms? So one of the things that, as I talk to customers, Christians, 
people who are just seeking to grow their faith and develop that habit of prayer, they often ask, how do I pray? Or how do I start Mm. praying? How do I develop that habit? And so one thing that we do seek in all that we do, and especially in sleep psalms, is we want to uh, help people pray and figure out a format for prayer. And so our sleep psalms, they follow a very simple format. It's a, you get a little devotional at the beginning, you get uh, a psalm, a snippet from a psalm, and then you get a, a format for your prayer. And we follow the Acts format, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. And it really helps you have a framework for how you can approach your prayer life so that you can create this habit. Because I, I keep going back to this habit and it's not... You know, some people call it routine, but what we find is it, it's those things that we do that keep good hygiene. So we brush our teeth to keep good dental hygiene. Prayer is good, spiritual, mental, and just general hygiene for life, right? It's good life hygiene, and that's what we want to do. And so Sleep Psalms helps you do that right before bed. Um, I've been reading in the morning, so I've been kind of cheating because I got it in the morning. So I was like excited to open it up and I've been reading it as a morning devotional, and it's quick and easy. And I'll give you a little fun fact. The the Acts um, format, very popular format, uh, it was one of the engineers at, at our company that was like, I really like the Acts format, and I think it would be very, you know, I think it'd be cool to implement it more and more in, in the application. So he pushed for it early on, many years back. Um, and so, you know, even though he's on the engineering side developing it, that's one of the benefits of having people that are very prayerful um, mm-hmm. developing these things because we understand how people are doing We're doing it. We're trying to develop these parameters. We're right there with you. We're the customers as well. Uh, and so that's what the Sleep Psalms does. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I'm guessing, friends, you who are listening, um, you can think back to what it's like to, you know, wind down your day, get ready for bed. And so many of us are just weighed down. Life is heavy. Um, it's heavy globally. It's heavy culturally. Um, we each have our own set of circumstances. Uh, maybe like me and maybe someone listening, you struggle with anxiety and it's easy to end the day just, you know, with the list of things that we didn't get done rolling through our head or already feeling, you know, weighed down or defeated by the list of things that we have to do tomorrow. Um, yeah. And so Sleep Psalms is a great, like Ryan said, simple tool to say, what do I want to choose to focus my mind on? Do I want to focus on my worries or do I want to focus on the word of God? And so um, I just think that this this tool, I'm so glad that Pray.com and Dayspring are partnering together to to bring about just accessible, beautiful, easy to follow um, resources. So I would highly recommend um, that you guys check out um, Sleep Psalms again. Uh, nightly moments of mindfulness and rest by the awesome folks at pray.com. Um, Ryan, it's been such a, an honor to hear your story, to hear a little bit more about um, pray.com and to talk together about sleep psalms. Yeah, well, thank you, Becky. I appreciate it. Thank you for having me. And friends, I'm just, you know, I have the book open right now. Um, I, I was reading through it and Psalm 16 is one of my favorite psalms. And 
I just want to invite you to even close your eyes. Not if you're driving. If you're driving, do not close your eyes. But if you are listening to this, you know, in your cubicle at work or while you're making dinner or folding laundry or pushing a stroller, whatever you're doing, um, just this is this is God's word. This is his invitation to us. And so as we close, I just want um, to say thank you, God, for your word. And um, here are his words to you. And this is I love the Psalms because we can pray the Psalms. And so maybe even your heart, just as you hear these words of Psalm 16, you can make this your prayer. Keep me safe, my God, for in you I take refuge. I say to the Lord, you are my Lord. Apart from you, I have no good thing. Lord, you alone are my portion and my cup. You make my lot secure. The boundary lines have fallen for me in pleasant places. Surely I have a delightful inheritance. I praise the Lord who counsels me. Even at night, my heart instructs me. I keep my eyes always on the Lord. With him at my right hand, I will not be shaken. Thanks so much, friends, for being here today. Um, And uh, be sure to check out Sleep Psalms by Pray.com. The Encourage podcast is narrated by Rachel Marie Kong and brought to you by Dayspring. For over 50 years, Dayspring has created quality cards, books, and gifts that help you live your faith. Find out more at dayspring.com.